First, I'd like to thank the church for your kind hospitality uh, to me and my wife as we've been among you uh, these uh, times. And, uh, and I, I truly consider it a privilege to come and, and minister among you. You're my kind of people, and uh, you, you just make me feel at home. I feel, I feel like I've known you a very long time. And... Uh, and I just want you to know that uh, Brother Bob is not near as mean as you think he is. And, um, and I've, I've been trying to get up my uh, fire and brimstone sermon so I could kind of keep everybody awake. And I decided I would uh, announce my subject uh, this afternoon is, is uh, how I can prove that uh, Adam did have a navel. Uh, <laughs> I figured that'd give everybody attention. You know, I can see the elbows going in the ribs. You've got to hear this. But uh, truly, it's been a joy to be among you again. And and as I I pondered upon uh, the various things uh, that we can discuss, especially during this season, uh, in several conversations, we've, we've talked about your pursuit of a pastor and your prayer for one. And, and that is so important uh, to, to the life of the body, the, the local body, and, and we join you in that prayer um, because we recognize that, you know, any church can call a preacher. You know, preachers are a dime a dozen, so to speak, but, but a shepherd, uh, that, that's another question altogether. I believe that's a calling. And... Uh, and I believe that the church really needs more shepherding than we need preaching along the way. And having said that, uh, I'm, I'm, as in my experience as a pastor, uh, 37, 38 years, um, the thing that always uh, spoke to my heart the most about a church calling me to pastor would be when they would tell me, well, we, we've been praying and and I, I think last time I challenged you to uh, maybe appoint some Wednesday nights for uh, prayer and fasting, uh, you know, for that end. And and what it is, uh, I I just believe that uh, when God does send a pastor to a place, it's because uh, He's working on both ends. In in other words, it's not just one sided. It's not somebody somebody coming to you and saying, "Well, you know, God told me to come and." Here I am, and now you better like it, you know. Uh, that That's not God's way. I, I believe God works on both ends. He works in your heart and in the heart of the shepherd. I just want to encourage you this afternoon for a few minutes. Because uh, I think about these wonderful little children, and, and, I, and, I, and I, I just... Uh, I want them to have um, a good, solid church to grow in, a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-living church. And, and that's, that, that, that's not on them. That, that's our responsibility as older brothers to provide that. But what I want to see most of all is them to uh, have a shepherd that would love them and guide them. Uh, through life's often perilous journey. Uh, 
There's just so many things against us today and against them. And we need to really be uh, diligent in our efforts. But I'll tell you what's on my mind. And I believe it's of the Lord, and I hope you'll be blessed by it. And that's Psalm 23. Um, Even though you don't have a shepherd at the present moment, I want you to know you've got a shepherd in heaven. You've, You've got someone that loves you no matter what. And he's looking out for you. He's, he's watching out for you, just like a good shepherd always will. And uh, I'm going to touch on some verses very quickly f- with you, um, and, and, and because I know you're familiar with them, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. I, I want to just remind you <clears throat> of John chapter 10, verse 11, where Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, Right? I am the good shepherd of the sheep. And and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. It's a very uh, deep and committed role of of, of the shepherd. And um, it's really interesting to me when you study where in the New Testament it talks about pastoring or pastors. Ephesians chapter 4, when he talks about the gifts being given to the church. And he says... uh, God gave gifts to the church, and He gave uh, some uh, apostles, some prophets, uh, some uh, evangelists, and and pastor teachers. Uh, He gave this to the church for the edifying of the body. You need to look up that word pastor, because it's poimen in the Greek language, and it means a shepherd. Uh, some someone that represents Christ to the body, someone that sees the church through the eyes of Christ, um, someone that lives the gospel, and that's Jesus's greatest example, because uh, he would say to us, "As you have seen me do, so do you." As you have seen me preach and teach and heal, I want you to go and do likewise. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, Follow me, even as I follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's the, there's the caveat, isn't it? We're, we're commanded to follow the shepherd as long as the shepherd's following Christ. So... Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. What, a, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a, an understatement. I am a good shepherd. And then, and then it's interesting, we, we read over in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, uh, we, we read there about um, the, 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 good, the great shepherd. The great shepherd. Um, that cares for the sheep, that, that watches out for them, that holds them by the hand when their hand is, is weak and gives them a glimpse of light when they're walking in a dark place. And, and then I find it interesting that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4, we, we, we find the chief shepherd. Uh, it just seems like there's a continuity. There, there's, a, 
there's a uh, cohesion in the defining of what a shepherd is, and it's always pointing to Christ. And I believe that, you know, if you have Christ as the good shepherd this afternoon, and you bring over the adjective great shepherd this afternoon, children, if you add good plus great, that's always going to give you chief. He's the good shepherd this afternoon. He's the great shepherd this afternoon. He's the chief shepherd. Now I want to go with you to Psalm 23 for just a few thoughts along this line. And most of you know this by heart, I hope. This is something that I know when I'm on the, in a foreign field, uh, this, this uh, psalm comes to me a lot, especially when you're in tenuous circumstances and, and it might be a little difficult uh, in different places. And I think about what David was writing about here. This is the heart of David. And he says, he, he, he says a few short words in which he defines what a good, a great, and a chief shepherd really is. And I'll show you that uh, by God's grace this afternoon. Because there's seven names that David uses in the Hebrew language. It appears in seven forms. There's seven names uh, that reveal the character of God as it is seen in His Son, Jesus Christ. The thought I have is we always have enough when God is our supply. Can I get an amen? Amen. We always have enough when God is our supply. I kind of like uh, the old saying, um, the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means that if I don't have something this afternoon, it's because God says, I don't need it this afternoon. The first name that I want you to write down if you're taking notes, I hope you are, because this is a, 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 there's, there's a lot in this that I won't be able to get to. But I want to introduce you to these names that are found in this little psalm that we memorized as young children. The first name attributed to God in this psalm is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. That comes to us from Genesis chapter 22 verse 13. When Abraham was taking his son Isaac into the Mount Moriah, remember that occasion, and he was going to offer him up to the Lord. And when he started to take the life of his son, God stayed his hand and said, God shall provide himself a lamb for the sacrifice. And that's a picture of Christ as the Lamb of God. And we all know that. But listen to what Abraham did. He named that place Jehovah Jireh in the English. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide, or the Lord is seen. The Lord will provide, or the Lord is seen. In other words, the Lord is manifested. Can I say that to you, uh, the church here at Coeta? The Lord will provide. He's going to provide you a shepherd. If you look to Him, if you trust Him, He's going to provide you that individual that He has anointed, to serve and to lead this body. 
So David says, with you and I to, to this afternoon, the Lord is our shepherd. And because He is our shepherd, we're not going to want for anything that is good for us. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. I, I want you to notice four characterizing activities of the Lord as our shepherd. I want you to notice with me this afternoon that we are resting in His mercy. We're guided by His grace. We're nourished in His love. And we rejoice in His providence. Not only is He Jehovah Jireh, He is Jehovah Rapha or Rafika. He is the Lord that heals or the Lord that restores. That first mention is found in Exodus chapter 15, 26. See, we're not going to go back and read that. I'm just giving you that for your notes. But I want you to see this shepherd is all we need. This shepherd is all we want. And this shepherd is more than enough to satisfy every need. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Rophika or Rapha. He also... Uh, is Jehovah Shalom. Listen to this. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He's going to live up to His name, friends. He's never going to let us down. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad that people give up on us and we give up on people, but God doesn't give up on us. He, he He knows what we need and at what time we need it. He's, he's the great restorer. He's the, 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 the great leader. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear how many evils? No evil. That means government evil. That means tax evil. That means illness evil. That means uh, uh, trouble evil. That means disease evil. Whatever evil or calamity that we're discussing, uh, I, I believe that the Lord is what gets us through it. Then notice he didn't say, yea, though I stay in the valley of affliction, or they, yea, though I'm stuck in the valley. He, he didn't say that at all. He said, yea, though I pass through the valley. See, uh, trials and tribulations in this world are things that we pass through. It, it's, it's something common to man. It, in Job chapter 14, verse 1, he said, uh, Man that is born of woman is but a full day, a few days and full of what? Trouble. There's, there's going to be trouble here. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse uh, 33, He said, In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. See, in the world we're going to have affliction. That's just the way it's going to be. But brothers and sisters, I want you to remember that the the sorrows and the struggles that you're going through this afternoon are meant to pass away. They, with, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Why, David? Why, why wouldn't you be afraid when you're facing cancer? Why wouldn't you be afraid when you're facing the loss of a family member? Why, why wouldn't you be afraid when you've been without a pastor for uh, what seems an eternity? Why, why wouldn't you be afraid if your country is falling apart at the seams? Why wouldn't you live in fear and trepidation and, and just anxiety on every hand? I'll tell you why. For thou art with us. Thou art with us. Uh-huh. Thou art with me. 
Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So who is he? Well, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Rafika, uh, Rapha. He, he's Jehovah uh, Shalom. He, he's, uh, he's our peace. He's Je- Jehovah uh, Sitkanu, which is the Lord our righteousness. That's right. And he, he's the Lord. He's Jehovah Shama or Shama. Uh, the Lord is there. And I could give you a bunch of references here. But I want, I, I, I just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of resting right there. I, I'm resting in this fact. Thou art with me. What does that mean to you? What, what, what does it mean? When you can sense God's presence with you. One of the names that Jesus is called not only in the Old Testament, but also in the New, is Emmanuel. Now, children, what does the name Emmanuel mean? God with us. When Jesus Christ came into the world, God was with us. He tabernacled with us. John chapter 1, verse 14. um, The Word was made flesh and dwelt, or tabernacled, among us. And we beheld His glory as um, the glory of the Father, full of grace and truth. So God is with us. And He's not just with us in the good times. He's not just with us when everything's going right. He's also with us in the valley when everything's going wrong. He's with us. Not only is He with us, He's also for us. You know, when you study the Torah, when you study the law itself, I've got a customer in Memphis, Tennessee, that is a, he's, a, he's an Orthodox Jewish rabbi. And we have some of these kind of discussions uh, every once in a while. And he's always saying, you Christians believe, you Christians believe. And I said, what do you Jews believe? You know, I try to get his, uh, you know, his vernacular down and everything and, and we've talked along these lines several, several times. And I hope, I, I pray that God will open his heart and, uh, un, uh, and, and, and see the beauty and the wonder of the reality of who Jesus is and what he came to do. He cannot see it as of yet, but, but I'm praying for him. And one of the things that touched him or made him at least uh, kind of stumble in his apologetic Uh, was when I told him that God is with his people in good times and bad, and not just in those times when they're doing everything they ought to do. That threw him. Because, because, see, he has this uh, notion that God can only bless those that bless God. God can only bless those that are a blessing to God, or that are um, being obedient to God. You know, and they go to the Torah. Uh, you know, if you, uh, Deuteronomy 28 and 29, if you, if you obey, you're going to be blessed. If you disobey, you're going to be cursed, right? And, the, and they think that that is uh, life today. But what I've tried to share with him is the, the, uh, the teachings of grace, the, the teachings of how God uh, doesn't give us everything that we deserve.
thank Him, thank Him, thank Him. And God keeps from us the things that we do deserve. And, and I pray that, that He'll see that in Jesus Christ is the fullness of that grace. And um, so we're studying the Torah. We're, 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 we're studying this, uh, the five books of Moses. And in the five books of Moses, God is revealed, uh, if you'll allow me to use this term, against us. In other words, God says, you do this, you're going to die. You do this, you're going to die. You do this, you're going to die. All the way through. The only penalty that you read about is death. Remember in Psalm chapter 51 when David uh, was uh, confronted by Nathan the prophet for his sin with Bathsheba. Remember what he said about the sacrifices? He says he, he said uh, that he desired mercy and not sacrifice because there was no sacrifice in the Torah that would uh, uh, reconcile him with God. There was no sacrifice for murder or adultery. It was always stoning. You shall die. You shall die. You shall die. So in the Torah, we see God as against us. But in Christ, we see God is for us. Because He sent His Son to bring about reconciliation. But He's not just God for us. You know, Paul said in Romans chapter 8, you can quote this with me, I'm sure. If God be for us, yeah, I, knew, I, I just knew you knew that. Who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? But I've got something better than that. God is not only, uh, with, uh, 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 not only for us, He's also with us. He's with us in the good times, and He's with us in the bad. Aren't you glad of that? And He's not just for us, and He's not just with us, but through the Holy Spirit, He's in us. He lives in us. Isn't that marvelous? We have His Spirit in us. That means that we have a receptor that we can go to His Word and we can understand that these promises are for me. These promises are to me. These promises will benefit me and benefit others through me. You see, that's what I believe this psalm is all about. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why, David? Because you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Somebody says, well, give me the staff, keep the rod. Give me the staff, keep the... My daddy, my dear old daddy, I tell you, he didn't know one thing in the world about karate, but he had a black belt. (laughs) And he knew how to use it. I'm just here to tell you. And I love my daddy. And and, and I love the fact that he loved me enough to discipline me when I misbehaved. Now, that's the way it is with our Father in heaven. He knows what's best for us. And sometimes it's a painful thing. Sometimes it's hurtful. My daddy said one time, and I don't believe him, But he said this. He said, son, he took off that black belt, and he said, son, this is going to hurt me a lot more than it does you. I didn't believe him then. I don't believe him now. (laughs) 
But as a daddy, now I understood what he meant. Because it's not easy for us to do, to see our children cry. But brothers and sisters, sometimes that's the best thing for them. And our Father in heaven knows what we need more than we need, know ourselves. He, he knows, he, he scourges, he corrects every son whom he receiveth. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. He, he, res, he, he does this for our good, not to destroy us, not to hurt us, but to, to mold us and shape us into the people that he wants us to be so we can accomplish the work that he meant for us to do. That's what God is about. So David says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod of correction, and thy staff of discipline are with me. They're with me. And uh, they comfort me. They instruct me. They uh, nurture me, as it were. So we see that he is Jehovah Shammah, he is uh, Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is our banner. Listen to this. I like this. Uh, verse 5. We used to... Anyway. Uh, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You do what? You prepare a table for me. What kind of a table is it? It's a, a table with a banner over it. The Lord hath brought me into his banqueting house and his banner over me was love. You have given me a place. In your kingdom, you've given me a place in your church. You give me a place in, in a believing community where I am able to worship and adore you and be instructed from your word. You've given me a table in the midst of a perverse and wicked generation. You've given me that. It's God's gift of grace. Friends, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is a gift of God's grace. It is a gift that has been paid for by the precious blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. Never forget that. It's a blood-bought privilege. Yeah, you give me a table. You give me a banner. You anoint me. You anoint my head with oil. You, you are my anointer. And my cup runneth over. You know, one time I was studying in the book of Songs of Solomon, and, and there Solomon says, Stay me with flagons of wine. And you look up the word flagon in the Bible dictionary, and it says a two-quart container. Okay, get this. Follow me. He says, Lord, I want you to stay me. I want you to strengthen me with two quarts of wine. Well, okay. Then I come over to Psalm 23. And what does David say about his cup? It's running over. You know why? Because when the Lord pours two quarts in a cup, it's going to run over. I don't know where you are this afternoon. I don't know what you're going through. I, I know that many of you have struggles that you don't even talk about. And problems that maybe only you and the Lord know about. And you, and you, and you feel kind of dejected. You, you feel kind of 
weak. You feel kind of lost at times. And you hold your little cup up and say, Lord, one more time, would you hear me? Lord, would, would, would you help me? And what's the Lord do? He takes his two quarts and says, here you go. Here you go. And it overflows. He says, David says, in the extremity of my valley experience, yea, my cup runneth over. God is his sufficiency. Then he says, surely. I like that word, surely. Surely is certainly, without reservation, uh, something that is unshakable. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. How long? Well, just when I'm good, just, just when everything's right, just when everything is smooth and easy. Oh no, David doesn't know that. David does not state that. He says, surely, goodness and mercy... You want to know what the, you know, the angels of God encamp round about them that fear the Lord? Well, here's their names. Now you know their names. Goodness is one of them. And her twin sister's mercy. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Aren't you glad it says that? It doesn't just say that He's going to be with us when we're young and strong and healthy. But He's also going to be strong. He's going to be with us when we're weak and older. I didn't say old. There's no old people in the church here today. But I said older and weaker. You know, and our body just doesn't function like it used to. God's Word says, I'm going to be with you. You know why? Because I'm your shepherd. Because I really care about you. I'm not, I'm not just trying to give you a gospel sandwich and send you on your way. I'm going to walk right beside you. No matter what you're going through. No matter how far that valley is. Or deep that water. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to be with you. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And when I come to the end of my way. When I come to the end of my little bitty journey here. I'm not going to have to face death alone. I'm not going to. I'm not going to have to be afraid of dying. Because I've been so blessed in living. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And here it is. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? How long? Forever. Is that good news? But how is that so good? How, how is that good news to your heart and soul? I'll tell you why. It's because of your good, your great, and your chief shepherd. So the next time you read this little psalm, think about those tremendous titles, those words, those names that God reveals himself to you and when you, uh, when you do, you'll think about this shepherd in a, a far better light.
May God richly bless each one of you. Allow me to pray over you uh, before we close. Kind Heavenly Father, thank you for this uh, lovely